When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, Merry Christmas and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host, Joe Rimmer, and joining me today is Paul Ghost. How are we, Paul? All good. I mean, Christmas shopping's finally done. Um, yeah. Started late, finished late, but it's not uh, like done you, Paul. Didn't leave it late. Well, you know, a few things have, have been on. Liverpool playing every eighteen hours has been a, a factor in it. But uh, yeah, I'm, well, uh, what, what's your excuse for the other years? If you like, well, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool tend to play a lot, so I, I can kind of use that as much as I want. Um, but yeah, no, all good. Looking forward to a big game Saturday evening, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah, and Theo Squires, how are you? What's um, what's Father Christmas bringing bringing to you? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's all part of the fun, know. isn't it? The yeah. surprise. Hopefully. What uh, What's on your list? Three points against Arsenal. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Okay, I yeah. suppose that's quite generic. We're all going to say yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, looking forward to this top of the table clash on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But before we talk Arsenal, let's talk about the main thing everyone wants to talk about, and that's what's what's silver gorgeous and has three arms. <sighs> yeah, I'm with you on the on the League Cup loving, and I think Jamie Carragher's in our camp as well, Jamie now, isn't he? After his, uh, it's a growing, growing. It I, is. Mean, I, I feel like I've been there a long time, but I feel like it, it's growing in numbers. Theo's thinking of joining us. Um, and one day we'll convert Doily. Uh, no, and, well, maybe uh, no, not, ever. not a traditionalist like Doily. No, but it's it's great, isn't it? It's great fun, and it was great fun on 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 Wednesday night. Yeah, it? and just before we talk on on Wednesday night, I'm looking at looking ahead now to the final, uh, the semi final with Fulham. I know, yeah. <clears throat> so so Liverpool play Fulham twice in January, and they also play at Arsenal in the FA Cup, don't they? In January, um, I think there's an argument now for Liverpool sort of not being too interested in the FA Cup with the, the League Cup yeah, on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, just, away, yeah. yeah um, but yeah, go back to Wednesday night. It was probably Liverpool's performance of the season, I thought, alongside maybe Aston Villa in September or, or whatever that was. Um, Liverpool generally being good at home, haven't they? I think United was the only game they haven't won. But they won that quite handily. Um, first half, you could almost tell first 15 minutes that Liverpool were, were at it, shall we say, and just needed to make a breakthrough and then it finally comes with Tabozlai and then as soon as that goes in you don't really think that it's going to be anything other than a Liverpool win but they needed the second so Jones squeezing one in it was the the big breakthrough and then West Ham kind of caved didn't he and I thought Liverpool got exactly what uh, what they deserved on the night um, so many good performances Harvey Elliott Curtis Jones Kwanzaa takes another big step forward in his development yeah so Bosley has been a little bit patchy of late hasn't he you know wonderful goal from him and, and performance to go with it I thought Nunes was bright and inventive and aggressive and he was just missing that goal wasn't he um, so yeah loads to, to be happy with on, on the night Joe Gomez continues his really good season Um 
getting close to that goal, isn't he? He's getting closer, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Like, he seems to be. It seems to be a conscious effort to get Joe Gomez a goal. This yeah, season. I'd love to see it. Um, there was one in the second half, wasn't it? Where he just picked it up at left back and he just ran and ran and finished. Didn't match the run, but it's, it's coming. It's getting closer. Um, yeah. So everywhere you look, loads of positives for Liverpool. No additional injury issues to be concerned about. Um, chance to give Cranbourne a chance to rest up. McAllister hopefully coming along as well and. Yeah, all round a really good night. See, that's what the thing I like about the FA Cup. Uh, the FA Cup, God, I don't like the FA Cup. The League <laughs> Cup, Theo, is that, you know, in all seriousness, it takes the pressure off. There's a chance to experiment a bit. Uh, it's the same really for the Europa League. And I think for Liverpool this season, being Liverpool 2.0 and all that, it, it, there's, there's been a chance for them to, to sort of try some new players out, try some new formations. And, and the other night felt like a bit of a throwback. They sort of just went back to 4-3-3. It mm. felt like Klopp's team just sort of the heavy metal if you like type style and, and it seemed to work for them really well but the, like Gorsi said there were some good performances and, and some people that you probably say played themselves into contention against Arsenal isn't it? Yeah Curtis Jones I think he's the standout one isn't he you have to say he's going to be in that starting eleven against Arsenal you just feel so much more confident when he's in that Liverpool team at the moment uh, he's so much more composed on the ball he, he sets the press like we've talked about the midfielders in the past like Alana leads the press or yeah. Firmino from the front Jones is doing it now and like we saw that from the very first minute against West Ham when he's trying to steal it off Ariola's toes yeah. he's so good at keeping possession he plays the right passes and we saw in midweek he's got a goal in his locker now and this is stuff we saw at the academy we haven't quite seen at the first team level but you can tell he's playing with confidence like when players don't have confidence they maybe take an extra touch they're not quite at it but everything he seems to be doing at the moment is right and you can definitely see how he's come on in the past year like we've probably not seen him play as much as he would have liked because he has had injury he has had suspension but there's that faith in him now like he knows the manager relies on him he knows that he's not got the fans on his back and he's just enjoying his football like he's gone away with England he's won a tournament in the summer he was brilliant at the end of last season and he's been superb when he has played this year you just want him to get that bit of rhythm now add the goals to his game in the Premier Premier League and take it up a notch but yeah he's certainly uh, played his way into contention there I, I'd have no doubts playing them there because when we're seeing Ryan Gravenberch he's like flitting in and out of games isn't he he's like really good on the ball and can yeah. carry it forward but that's something Jones can do as well but then he's not quite got the decision making right in the final third well we're seeing Jones can do that he's definitely ahead of him in the pecking order if it was me picking the team yeah, you you'll know better than me, Gorsi Jones. I always think when you see him in in, in interviews and and things like that, he comes across as quite confident. Yeah, but perhaps that hasn't always translated onto the pitch. Um, certainly, as Theo mentioned in the youth teams, you saw a pretty confident player, mm. quite a creative player. But he seems to have been a little bit up and down since he's since he's broke through. But yeah, I, I like him as well. I think tactically he makes Liverpool a better team. He seems to hold on to the ball. And I thought, fully enough, one of his other best performances this season came against West Ham at home um, when they beat them 3-1 earlier this season. Um, <clears throat> what, what do you think? What, how do you feel about him? What's he like personally? Is it, do you think, is that, that the right characterisation? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I, funnily enough, when I was, I was writing the match report on... On Wednesday night, I was thinking back to a chat we had with him at uh, Chelsea when uh, Liverpool drew nil nil, and, and he was in the team. Um, I think it was me and James Pearson, and we were actually t- talking to him for about ten or fifteen minutes, and and he was quite relaxed, and, and it was almost informal, and, and he was very much you know saying, "You know me, I'm, I'm a confident lad, and I back myself." And I know that the staff here do, and he felt like he had kind of a debt to repay to to Klopp to kind of repay his faith and, and regain his trust. I think he said at the time, and and certainly since that game. He's been almost an ever-presence, hasn't he, apart from yeah. the sending off against Tottenham and then that injury that kind of knocked him out of his stride a little bit. But certainly before the sending off, he was one of the first names on the team sheet. And 
you know, performances like Wednesday night are the reason why he's kind of got this newfound status within the squad. So, yeah, it was a big step forward for him really in this season, and now he's he's played himself into the starting eleven for me, without doubt. Um, one of the other things he said as well in that chat that I referenced was he wasn't really concerned about who Liverpool were going to bring in at the time. There was still talk of Jude Bellingham and and whoever else and. Liverpool have totally restructured the midfield, haven't they, since four new midfielders, was it five who've left in total? Um, and he remains and has kind of moved up the pecking order since since then due to his performances at the back end of last season and, and certainly at the start of this season. So, yeah, a massive chance for him to kick on now and um, going off Wednesday night. I think he, he's kind of poised to do that, if he can stay injury-free. How close are you, Theo, from putting Gerald Quanza in Liverpool's team more permanently? Um, I said this to Gorsty, I think, during the game. He can't be far off, but it comes with rhythm. Like, Gennate's probably the man in possession yeah. of that shirt at the moment, and he could have a run of games, stay injury-free, and then he's back to his best. He hasn't had the rhythm this season, and that's where the doubts creep in. We had the same doubts about Simicast when he first came to the side yeah, after yeah, Robertson's injury, but Kranz is not doing anything wrong at all. Is he? He's just got everything you need as a centre-back. He's quick. He seems to win everything in the box, both on the floor and in the air. He reads it so well. He's obviously really good at uh, the diagonal passes that are Van Dijk-esque, but then he can do the short, simple His ones short as well. passing is, is, is so, so good. I mean, well, yeah, got the assist, wasn't it, for yeah, Sabosla? Yeah. And, and also, just that, that interception, sorry to jump in, but, but that interception was so good, wasn't it? Coming up the pitch, high up the pitch, and getting Liverpool back on the front foot. I'm sure Klopp would have been very pleased. But, but Yeah, like you were saying earlier, you know, that uh, rock and roll, heavy metal football yeah. for Liverpool that that was basically what we saw from that that was that moment where Kranz he's taken a risk stepping forward if he misses this tackle West Ham are in a counter but he times it perfectly he'll maybe feel like he got sidestepped a little too easily for yeah. Bowen's goal but does it really matter when you win 5-1 and he's still a young player learning his trades and it's a rare opportunity for him to actually get some minutes alongside Van Dijk because most of his game time's been again alongside a Gomez yeah. or Matip Canate uh, and he's taken these strides now like with Matip out for the season He's proven why Liverpool might not necessarily need a new centre-back if they can keep these four free of injury. Like Gomez is playing so well as well, even though we're seeing predominantly right-back. But you're happy to have, say, Gomez right-back, Trent midfield, and Kranzer and Canate competing for that final centre-back slot. But you can see why Liverpool held him in such high regards and he's come on leaps and bounds. Like I don't think any of us saw him being someone who could start so many games for Liverpool at the start of the year when he was going on loan to Bristol Rovers and it's another success story for the academy. Yeah, that certainly is. Um, what, have you, what have you made? Have you spoke to him behind the scenes at any, any point yesterday? Ponson, no, yeah. no. Um, he doesn't really venture through the mix zone in, in no. the games that he has played. Um, so, no, 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 unable to uh, offer an insight into, into his character. No, sorry. No, um, moving on, Trent came on in midfield and, and I, you know, I know it, it wasn't really a theme of the game, if you like, but do you feel like we're creeping towards Trent being a more permanent midfielder? I thought yeah, that was quite yeah. quite telling that he was brought on there, and I thought Joe Gomez played well as, again. So, do you th- do you think that's something that we could be seeing more permanently? Yeah, I think Klopp will just try and do it as quietly as he can, only to avoid any any kind of scrutiny around it. Um, I mean, he played the pass for Salah's goal as well, didn't he? You know, it was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was an incredible pass. That yeah, game. it was great. I mean, the West Ham defenders had passed it, but still to to play it as he slipped all the way up the pitch um, yeah I think so I mean I think the big question Liverpool have got is a kind of post-Trent world at right back you know what do yeah. they want their right backs to look like because yeah. Alexander-Arnold has totally redefined what you'd expect from a full back yeah. um, certainly for Liverpool anyway over the last five years so did you want a bit more of a 
kind of, you know, I mean, say this in positive light, but a bit more garden variety in terms of Joe Gomez. You know, he's, he gets the ball, keeps his width, gets down line and maybe looks to, to get across, you know, or shuffle it across to, to more central areas, doesn't he? Um, and I, th- I think Gomez is having a superb season, but he's never going to be able to do what Trent Alexander-Arnold does at right-back, which is, is fair enough. But I suppose the trade-off is what you're able to get Alexander-Arnold to do in, in certain areas of the pitch before the forward. So, yeah, I mean, it's a debate we've had for years and years and I've kind of slowly but surely waned. On, on my my stance, um, but I suppose the um, the upshot of it is wherever you put Alexander Arnold, just get him on the ball, and, and he'll yeah. be able to to create something for you eventually. And um, yeah, I, I think he'll have a massive say on on Saturday as well. Yeah, Theo, you um, want to add to that at all? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to who's available in midfield. Like we're going to see Endo go off to the the Asian Cup in January. Um, we've still got Pesetic out. You've still got Thiago out. Gravenberch has missed a couple of games, or he will do. Um, McAllister's, I think he's been ruled out until January now as well. Like With these midfield absences, they've had to put Trent in midfield and he stepped up. He's shown why he wants to play there. It's a question where if he still plays there when everyone's back or if he is better being at right back. But at least with Joe Gomez, he is playing so well, as Gorsty said. And it's quite telling when you listen to Klopp in these post-match press conferences. He's always saying, we needed more width. So he brought Joe Gomez on and he's done a great yeah, job. Yeah. So that's normally what Trent was there for in the traditional role. He was the one out wide providing the crosses. But you've seen how Gomez has come on. like He's making those supporting runs, whether it's going on the outside alongside Salah. But he can drop back as well and be that third centre-back if you're going down the other flank. And you've still got Connor Bradley there, who would have played more this season if not for injury. Uh, Calvin Ramsey was someone they rated so high when they signed him they were saying that he was going to be a fullback who can be a Trent and how yeah. they want their players to play he's not had the best of time with injury he's had Covid on loan at Preston as well but if he has a good second half of the season on loan in the championship then maybe you can make that permanent claim for Trent in midfield in the future because if you've got him and Bradley and then Gomez is your right back, right back options and you've got Trent getting all these goals and assists in midfield still able to go out wide then it's certainly a strong position in the squad. The question for me, though, is is he a number six or is he a number eight? Like He can do both, clearly, but do you want him that bit further forward or do you want him being like the trademark Perlow sort of sitting deep, doing those spreading passes? But when he's so good in the final third as well, you'd still want a bit more of him mm-hmm. offensively. And we saw that against Fulham. Like, in that double pivot, he was still getting mm-hmm. the winning goal. Maybe that's another thing to consider as well, the change of formation. Yeah. Because when you look at McAllister, Endo, these are players that suit a double pivot. It gets the best of Elliot as a number 10 or the boss lie further forward there's certainly plenty for Klopp to consider but he doesn't have to consider it just yet mm. when he's still got so many players injured it's just putting a team together from who's available yeah okay Gorsi let's have a little chat about the Anfield atmosphere which um, yeah. Klopp ensured was still in the headlines um, mm. after the game the blood red podcast from the Liverpool Echo the blood red podcast from the Liverpool Echo I suspect you think there's a bit of mind games going on there from, from the Liverpool manager. Yeah, I do. It was a response to um, a question from the Telegraph's Mike McGrath, I think. And the question, I listened to it back just before we come on, actually. And the, I think the questions are around about the Fulham semi final and, you know, what kind of lift does it get? Does it give your club when you, you're, you're able to beat them and go into the final? And there's a bit of a feel good factor around the place once that happens. And the, the response from Klopp. You know, we started talking about the atmosphere. It wasn't anything to do with the question. So it's very much a battle that he's picked there. And, and he said that neither um, 
think it was in the first half. He's kind of turned around and said to, said to some of the fans who were having a moan, you know, what what do you want? I think I think what kind of wound them up was the fact that Liverpool were playing really well, yeah. and they were still getting criticised from some of the supporters in the stands. And I think maybe the fans are a little bit annoyed that the dominance, you know, still had them nil nil on the on the scoreline or, or one nil, whatever it was at the time. But I think with Arsenal coming up, I think. Um, you know, brand new Anfield Road stand, fifty-seven thousand. Is it for that one? I think maybe it was a little bit put out by the the atmosphere on Sunday because it started well, but as the game wore on, it started to wane, and it was almost by the second half. It was almost like the type of atmosphere that you hear when Liverpool are losing to a lower league team in the cup. It was very much a, an air of frustration about rather everything. than draw into a lower league team in the Premier League. Well, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it was like frustration when things weren't coming off and. You know, if shots were going over the bar or wide, or hitting the side net and whatever it was, um, rather than kind of encouragement. So, I think Klopp might have been a little bit surprised by that. Um, and he knows how how vital the atmosphere will be on Saturday. You know, it's, it could be the difference between a point and, and a win, particularly with Arsenal with the um, the way that they've sort of wilted in, in the last couple of years. You know, Klopp referenced in the argument with Arteta that he had in twenty twenty one. It was only after that happened that the atmosphere rose and Liverpool ended up winning 4 0. It was 0 0 at the time. And of course, when they were losing 2 0 at Anfield in April, before was it Shaka had the argument with Alexander Arnold, and then Anfield rose again and Liverpool ended up fighting their way back into the game. So Arsenal haven't won there since 2012. Arteta has spoken about freezing at Anfield before in the past, but he feels stuck and unable to influence anything. And I think he referenced the game for Arsenal in 2014 when Liverpool won 5 1. Um, Liverpool have got a great record there against them in, in recent years and um, I think Klopp just leaning on the fans a little bit just to provide that extra 5-10% for the players and then the players will respond in kind and uh, it could make all the difference on Saturday and then for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean Klopp may be playing mind games but it hasn't it hasn't helped the fact that Anfield atmosphere has been the spotlight all week. Gary Neville got it started, didn't he, with the, with the, the talk on Sunday, and then obviously Klopp has sort of accentuated it with with his comments the other day. Theo, I always find a little bit. I'm always a bit uncomfortable with a manager talking about the atmosphere because, let's face it, there's so many different aspects that go into it: ticket prices, accessibility, uh, kickoff times. That you know, I, I think a manager pointing the finger at his own fans can just be and Klopp because of his status, almost since the word go, has kind of got away with it. You know, I wouldn't say got away with it, but certainly spun it in a positive. You know, he, he got Liverpool fans really believing again, didn't he? I know it's a bit of a cliche, but he did. He, he got the atmospheres up again. But it's it's a wider problem though, isn't it? You know, in terms of the atmospheres, what I'm trying to say is that the, the manager could be going to his own bosses and saying, look, you know, we need to make this place a bit more accessible. We need to bring down ticket prices. We need to get more young people into the ground. Um, th- there's more to it, isn't there, than just a, come on. And I don't really like the manager picking on someone in the crowd and saying, uh, he's got every right to say stop moaning, but it, it felt a bit a bit pointed. Yeah, there are, there's plenty in it. Accessibility is one. Like From Liverpool being so successful, Tickets are obviously going to be more expensive and harder to get, and you are pricing out local fans that you'd maybe expect to put out a bit more of an atmosphere because they've been part of it for years and years and years. I still think there's after effects of COVID when so much football was taking place and you were seeing every single game televised, and then when it came back, Liverpool going for quadruple, they were playing so many times a week. There was burnout there, and then fans yeah, were absolutely, damaged yeah. by the Champions League final. You wanted a break, and then Liverpool were 
a bit rubbish for a season. Like that, you're waiting for something to kick it back into life. Like they're robbed of the party from winning the Premier League title, and you're still waiting for it to be back at those heights again. And this year, it's not helped by the fact that they're in the Europa League. They've not really, up until United, played anyone where you'd expect a really rocket of an atmosphere. And while it did start well against them, if Liverpool get that early goal. You build on that. That didn't happen, and you can see why Klopp was frustrated there. But there is so much that comes into it, and it is a relationship between the two, isn't it? Like the team needs to give them something to feed off, but the fans need to give the team something to feed off too. Like Klopp said at the the test event for the new stand that he couldn't wait for the atmosphere, and he was going to tell the boys to the feed off it and use that against Manchester United, and it didn't really happen. So you can see why he's put this out there because he wants it to be different against Arsenal because they they can will under the pressure. Like this is a side that have had you'll never walk alone playing in their training sessions before games to try and get them ready for it, and it's not quite worked. Like they thought they were going to get that win on the way to the title race last year, two 0 up, threw it away, and then the form just fell apart a little bit, and they ended up costing him uh, come the end of the season. And while it's too easy early to say whether it will cost them the title now, you know how important it could be for Liverpool to get those points, be top of the table at Christmas time, and then we've potentially got a, a League Cup final to look forward to if it all goes well in the, the second half of the season. Europa League final two, if you have a good run in that. I'm all with Gorsty on sack off the FA Cup now. It's just an unwanted distraction. It's not like the League Cup where you win two, three games and you're at Wembley. Uh, it could be a really strong second half of the season for Liverpool with players back from injury and it could get that extra bit of fire in the fans. But they need to show something against Arsenal. I'm sure they will. OK. Um, right, well, let's talk Arsenal, Gorsty. Um, how, how good do you think this Arsenal team is? Do you think they are potential title winners? Do you think that they're, they're just a step behind? Do you think that... They're that much better than Liverpool or on par? Yeah, I don't think they're that much better than Liverpool. I think I've said for months, really, that I think the lowest Liverpool will finish will be third, and I still kind of back them to, to finish above Arsenal. Um, they're, they're a good side. They've got some really quality players. You know, Odegaard, Declan Rice has been huge for them. Um, Saliba at the back. Love Declan Rice. I think he's, yeah. a, I think he's a no, fantastic player. He's unbelievable. Player, the engine on him, the yeah. motor. You can, I mean, yeah. that, that's why he cost what he did, I guess. But... Um, top player the big question mark is do they have the goal scorer in the team I'm not sure whether they do they certainly don't have the firepower of Liverpool you know Saka Martinelli Jesus is, is really good but what's their combined total going to be for, for goals this season probably going to be fewer than what Liverpool's are going to post isn't it Salah's already on 15 for the, for the whole campaign um, but they're really good I suppose the big question mark is the goalkeeper situation David Raya and Ramsdale Mikel Arteta seemingly doesn't know Who's number one is there? Um, I think Klopp tried that, didn't he, with Mignolet and Carrius, sort of making the distinction between Premier League and, and Champions League games, and not still not sure why he did that all those years on. And Arsenal seem to be suffering a similar thing at the moment. A couple of injuries as well, haven't he? Um, obviously, Julian Timber, I don't think he's played since since the first game of the season against Nottingham Forest. Yeah, um, Thomas Partey's still out injured, is he? Um, so th- they are good, but certainly Liverpool looking welcome them to Anfield fancying themselves as favourites and okay it's only a kind of minor psychological thing to be top on Christmas Day but uh, just think of of how good that would feel for a team who probably will be ahead of schedule if, if that's where they are yeah Theo there seems to be a lot of people saying that this could be Arsenal's title to lose you know it's still very very close to the top do you, do you think that Liverpool will, will want to prove a point almost it would certainly be a statement if they can send that win out there. Like, 
Arsenal, they got a big win against City, didn't they, earlier in the season, but they've dropped points as well. Like we saw them when they got that last-minute winner against Luton. They were celebrating like they won the league. You do that in April. You don't do that in November, December time. Like They've got a couple of players they signed from City who have won the Premier League, but it still feels like they're lacking that little bit extra to have that experience. And I know you get that from winning. It's just what comes along the way. Um, it's just there's something lacking in that squad. As Gorsty said, the goalkeeper situation is still quite uncertain like any whoever starts out the two of them and it's going to be Raya you'd imagine on Saturday they're not elite goalkeepers in terms of Allison. like you can go through their strongest starting 11 and there's probably from a Liverpool point of view only two of them you'd say get in your starting 11 definitely and that would be Saliba alongside Van Dijk and Declan Rice as the holding midfielder you can maybe put an argument for Martinelli in there like I'm, I'm a big fan of Martinelli oh the Gardner Slide for him like for the positions that actually play if you go yeah, rather than just putting them in it's any it's close team. I think Odegaard maybe maybe yeah. just shades it but yeah come but on. then like Salah, Saka you go Salah I know Arsenal fans will come and say oh Saka starts Martinelli starts and all this but from a Liverpool point of view you have faith in your players you'd rather have a Nunes or a Gakpo or a Gabriel Jesus there isn't much in it and then you look at the players that have made the difference that have won everything Alisson, Van Dijk, Salah, Liverpool are ahead of them in those terms and you've just got to make it count at the weekend like if Liverpool win that game then you can have, say, Liverpool title favourites if they can keep it up. They're the ones who are going to be challenging City if City come back stronger second half of the season. I'm still not convinced Arsenal have got enough to get there. Like They're in the Champions League knockout stages. That's going to be a distraction for them. They've got a favourable draw. Can they really balance all of the, the competitions when it's at the business end of the season? They're going to pick up injuries. Can they manage that? Like, this is stuff you get along the way and you have to win that first trophy to take that step. Yeah. That first trophy is very rarely a Premier League title. Like They need something else to get there first and well, they'll be thinking they can win the title. I'd still be more confident about Liverpool being those main challenges. And we're still saying main challenges for City. We've got to see what City do when they actually come back from the FIFA Club World Cup and what they can do second half of the season. Yeah, I still think anyone sleeping on City is is being a bit silly. Yeah. I, I think for yeah. Arsenal, it's a big psychological thing. And I think they've got to go away to, to Anfield and to the Etihad. So those two, where you the, the teams that you're going to scrap it out with. you know, And I, and I think for Liverpool, when they've won titles... They've got results in big places, and, and I still think Arsenal maybe when they've really. I mean, look at the, the, the Liverpool game last year. You know, they sort yeah. of. Yeah. It felt like a defeat for them, didn't it? Because they they sort of didn't pass that well, psychological they, test. They were two 0 down against Chelsea, and and I think um, Sanchez kind of gifted them a, a route yeah. back into that game. I think they drew to all. Yeah. Obviously, lost against Newcastle in the and yeah. and um, Aston Villa Park, Aston Villa. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's a big question mark for for this Arsenal team. How, how well equipped they are to go away to the to the big places in the Premier League and. And come away with with a victory. Um, Liverpool can kind of look at the last sort of what eight months now, isn't it? Um, and they've only lost one game in the Premier League, and that was obviously the one with about five caveats next to it. So um, it's a um, it's a huge one. But I, ju- I just think if if Anfield is what Klopp wants it to be, I just think that will put enough. Of the you know what into Arsenal for Liverpool to to profit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's pick our team. Uh, Gorsley, we may as well stick with you. You've got the mic. Um, Alisson obviously back in goal. Who's you back for? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the big question is is what to do in the defensive mid position, isn't it? So I think Trent will start in his in his usual role. Simakas for me is is really in a decent patch of form at the moment. You know, owns so much the rhythm and momentum that he doesn't normally get. And then um, Van Dijk and Canate. Dion? Uh, I'd imagine it's going to be that. That'll be the four. But I'd be tempted to put Gomez at right back to get Trent into midfield. Like, you know, you're up against 
I think it'll be Martinelli on that side and maybe having a bit more defensive solidity there without having the inverted fullback. He can just do what Liverpool are really good at and have been for years. Maybe that'd be the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that as well. I, I actually have a little sneaky suspicion he might do this because, you know, obviously the Trent change last season... That was against Arsenal, wasn't it? It was against Arsenal. Yeah. It sort of threw them a little bit and I think it helped Liverpool get back into that game. And, and I think... I don't know, I feel like we've been moving towards this and I feel like there's, there's going to come a time when he will unleash it and I, and I wonder whether that is, that is against Arsenal and, and and some of Trent's you know passing has been vital to Liverpool in recent weeks. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's the, the route I'd go. Um, your midfield, Theo, then? Uh, Subosly, Trent and Curtis Jones. That could pretty much line up as a 2-3-1 a or a 3, couldn't it? It yeah. works either way. Yeah, same, yeah. Yeah, I can I can see the merits in you thinking in terms of putting Gomez at right back and Trent into central midfield. The only issue for me is you might need someone with a little bit more defensive, um, you know, natural instincts of, of yeah, Endo yeah, to, yeah. to counteract Odegaard, who's going to find those little pockets, isn't he? And he's superb when he gets the ball with those kind of laser guy that passes. So I'll go with I go with Endo. Curtis Jones is a shoe in after Wednesday night, and Anza Bosley took a big step forward himself. I thought so. So that'd be my midfield three. Sticking with you then, because I think the front three is quite interesting, um, not just in terms of personnel, but where you play them. So yeah, go on, what's your front three? Yeah, I mean, I could see the argument for Nunes off the left. Um, thought he was he was quite good on Wednesday night off there. It was good for the second half of last season actually when Gakpo came in when he was kind of just shunted out there to, to accommodate him, but. Um, I still think he might go with them down the middle with Diaz on the, on the left and uh, Salah obviously on, on the right. Okay. Uh, yeah, Salah's on the right. I feel harsh on Harvey Elliott because he's a player we haven't yeah, mentioned loads yeah. and he did so well in midweek. Uh, his time will come when Salah's at AFCON. I- I'm going to go Gakpo down the middle and Nunes on the left. I know Klopp said in his post-match that Diaz is a player who pretty much starts every game and they were resting him, but he hasn't quite looked the same this is obviously he's still feeling his way back from that bad injury he's had what happened with his parents and that's going to be a knock for anyone uh maybe it'll help him being out the spotlight a little bit like Gakpo's got a goal like build on that and Nunes he looks so lively on that wing making things happen and you're not quite relying on him as much for the goals if he's out wide um but yeah they're going to cause chaos and if it's those two Gakpo and Nunes uh, Nunes, sorry, they can rotate quite easily and cause problems. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would say the same thing. So, give us a score prediction, Theo. Uh, let's go three-two Liverpool. Plenty of goals. Nice, good game. Oh, you know, it's just huge, isn't it? If Liverpool win this, um, I'm going to go two-one Liverpool. Yeah, I'm, my my heart says two-one, my head says one-one. But um, you know, I think I think it will be a good game, and I think they're two. Very good. I think it will be a Christmas cracker, Theo. Well, before we go, um, one last question to ask you. And don't just say three points against Arsenal and don't just say the title. But what's your Christmas wish for Liverpool? For Liverpool? Yeah. Oh, so, so I was about to start reeling off all the, the brands of rum that I want, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's a nice local rum, actually. Dockside rum. You ever tried that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, my Christmas wish for Liverpool... Um, We can't. Yeah, I mean, we can't have dead space. It's, it's a bit. It's a bit. It's kind of yeah. belated. Maybe it'd be a New Year wish, but a top-class central defensive midfielder. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. Theo, 
yeah, some players coming in in January. We've seen it in the past with like Diaz coming in. Yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah, you're hard to buy for, and you just have some players coming in. Yeah, just make it specific. So, so Father Christmas knows to go away and get. Something. You'd like a new forward. You'd like yeah. a new holding midfielder, and you'd like a new centre back. God, all right. I'm not asking for much. I'm not made the money, right? <laughs> and uh, well, for me, it's a trip to Dublin. A little trip to Dublin in the in the. In not the, a trip to Wembley for League Cup final as well. I mean, that's, we'll take that as rare, won't we? Um, I think Liverpool will see off Fulham and, and go and lift that three. Oh, can we say not Chelsea in the final? Yeah, I want to put a little bit. Yeah, I, I said to you in the, beforehand, I'd, I'd just have a bye. Just, just, just give us the final. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind. The path of least resistance. Um, yeah, um, before we go, just want to wish all our listeners a very Merry Christmas, or if you don't um, celebrate Christmas, a lovely holiday season um, with your family and friends. Um, we appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a strange year. We've um, we've lots of friends have, have sort of departed us along the way, but um, we we appreciate all our listeners and um, can't wait to see you in the new year. See you then. Ta-ra. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.